Hi, this is Frugal Forever. Money, money, money must be funny <laughs> in a rich man's world. Oh my god, it just gets worse and worse every week. <laughs> Hello, um, my name's Katie Cunningham and that's Josie Parsons. And um, yeah, Josie's still trying out new taglines for his podcast. <laughs> no, that one was obviously a joke, but I do love ABBA, so, you know. Mm. Um, well, it's great to be here with you, Josie, on a very momentous day, and that is the day mm. that arse eating went mainstream. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I know I shouldn't bring this up because it's like, gonna date this episode so quickly, but like Flume ate arse on stage today and I can't stop talking about it. What I want to see what what um, line you will draw between us eating and our money podcast? Um, it's a metaphor for <laughs> how we all eat shit from our bosses. I don't hey, know. Okay, yeah, hmm. that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to explain first and foremost at the start why there was such a big gap between the last episode. Um, so we kind of. The last episode was kind of like the end of season one, but we just didn't really communicate that. Um, (laughs) And instead we were just like, bye. (laughs) And then just didn't do anything. And then we kind of realized that we never communicated that clearly. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah. And we might have some news on season two soon, but we like can't talk about it yet. Yeah. So mysterious. So mysterious. What could it be? Ah. Ah. Uh, So, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, So, yeah. Consider this. Like the epilogue to season one. Yeah. Yeah. So Josie, you had a good idea for what we should talk about this week. Yeah. I wanted to kind of discuss what we've learned from. So obviously like the premise of this podcast is for us to be as financially transparent as possible. But with that comes some downfalls. And I just wanted to discuss our experience with like with being so financially, financially transparent and like if that has had any repercussions or like on the way we think about things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can think of one straight away. Okay, go. So I think in like episode three or something, I said that I made some reference to being like, oh, my salary if I was on a salary, like the equivalent of what I've been making as a freelancer would be. Yeah. It was like, yeah. Like, that's just really not true. (laughs) It was just based off like two very good weeks. I don't earn, like, I don't earn that much money. So I feel like there's some people who just listen to like the first few episodes and think now that I'm super loaded, I'm not. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, wow, is Katie really making 120K right now? No, I'm really not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Has anyone like asked you about it? Um, some, like one friend of mine made a reference, like, Oh, like you can get the check at dinner. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> but I feel like other people probably just ingested that info and now think I'm like super loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the record, my income last financial year, if you missed our financial year recap was $68,000, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. But not 120. Yeah. <laughs> Almost half One day, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> I feel like in our first episode, when I talked about how Alex and I brought a, bought a dryer, I, I somehow like communicated that it was just me who brought the dryer, but it was actually both of us. And then I had a lot of people being like, just, just so you know, off the record, both people should pay for that dryer. And I was like, wait, 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 no. So that was one thing where I was like, ah, I, I feel bad, but whatever. Um, what else have you learned? I feel like a lot. I feel Okay. So the reason I wanted to talk about this is 
the good thing and the bad thing about doing like the good thing, because this is what we set out to do is that more people are talking to me about their salaries Mm. and they're talking to me about what they've saved. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that. And I don't even have to like prompt them or Mm. ask them. They just do it, which is like, thank you so much for trusting me. Um, but the problem with that is realizing like how far behind I am or how far behind I like, I perceive myself to be, I guess. So. Cause they have more money than you. They have more money than me and yeah. they earn more than me. And like most of these people I'm thinking about are around my age. Right. And it's kind of like given me a bit of a complex that I wish that, that before this podcast, I didn't really have. I used mm. to be like, oh, I earn what I earn. And like, that's okay. La, 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 going mm. along. And now I have like a bit of, I'm, I'm just like a little bit obsessive about the fact that I don't have as much as other people have. And I think that really can be the downfall. And I know that that's like the article we're about to talk about. They discuss that about that resentment that can come from financial transparency. Mm. Yeah. Have you got that at all? Um, I mean, I, there was that one conversation that I talked about on another episode where people told me they had like 50 grand in savings and I was like, sorry, what? Um, but no, no, I mean, I think, I don't know. I just think that people don't, people who I know don't listen to it and think that I'm like really good with money and like have all this money. Cause I have a podcast about money. They but, what? Wait, what? Like people think that I have a, all this oh, money because hey, I have yeah. a podcast about because you told them you earn 120k <laughs> no, but like even if they haven't listened they're just like oh like yeah she's yeah. got money like no 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 I'm bad at money that's the point of the podcast yeah, yeah. that's that's a really that's another one for but, sure um I did realize today when I was thinking about this that I was like uh <laughs> I still like judge people for how they spend money like you do yeah well, like other than me, yeah. <laughs> I know every listener right now is like, yeah, that's like the premise of every episode. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I just realized that I do judge people. I think people who like have a lot of money or a good amount of money when they like spend it frivolously, I'm like, wow, must be nice. Or so I don't know. No, it even must be nice. But I'm just like, that just sounds like more of a resent. That sounds more like a you're resenting the secret rich kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's not even related to this podcast. No, like I, but I understand you're seeing things like a little bit differently, I guess is what you're saying. I'm just thinking more about like what people choose to spend their money on. In fact, it's not about the money. It's about their like priorities in life. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cause we speak a lot about priorities. Yeah. yeah. That's really true. I, um, yeah, I just realized that I'm so stressed that I don't have like 30 grand. Like, you know how that episode you're like, and everyone, like you were saying before, everyone has 50 grand and I don't. I didn't feel that until the last couple of weeks and now yeah. I feel that. Well, if it helps you feel any better, I'm totally over that feeling. <laughs> like oh, what? Yours will go away again soon. When? How did you do it? Um, I just like forgot about it and went on with my life. <laughs> mm, <all right. laughs> I'll give that a go. Yeah. I mean, probably said this at the time, but it, a lot of it is just that thing of, you know, choosing your choices, which I always go on about of like, well, I moved out of home when I was a teenager like I worked in media, it is what it is. And I wouldn't take any of that back. But yeah, if I'd like made different choices, I could have a lot of money in savings, but that's not the life I wanted to lead. Yeah, it's so true. I feel like I don't want to be all like social media is bad, but I feel like social media and just seeing like your friends all the time just shows you like the different choices you could have made in life as Mm -hmm. well. And I feel like that really like, trips me up sometimes do you know what I mean 
Yeah, but I don't regret it. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. And, like, yeah. you're so young that you're not set on any path now anyway. Mm. Debatable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be writing online content until I die, Katie. Tracy, you're like 26. You could go back to school and do anything. In fact, you have re-enrolled many times. <laughs> that's a whole, that's so. a whole other thing. Um, I wanted to talk about this article in the New York Times. Oh. So you, you originally brought this up like on an episode that we recorded and we never released as yeah. your money content. Mm. And I was like obsessed with it. Mm. So it's called The Unbearable Lightness of Money Diaries. This is for the listeners, not for Katie, because she obviously already knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Taylor Tepper, and it's just about the Refinery29 and Men Repeller Money Diaries and all the other pub- publications that do them and whether they are helpful or not. What are your thoughts on it? Um, God, it's been so long since I read that article. I should have rewrite it before this episode. I thought that's what you meant by, like, I did podcasts. Oh, no, I did other podcasts at work. <laughs> okay. um, no, but I – okay. I love money diaries. Like they're one of the things that like got me into being into money as a topic anyway. Um, I mean, I think they just come back to that thing we always talk about of like, it's just like nothing changes if you don't like acknowledge that elephant in the room. And yeah, I don't know. Like I remember, I, I do remember the kind of crux of that article being that like money diaries could make people feel bad about themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, like, doesn't everything make you feel bad about yourself? Like, doesn't going on Instagram and, like, looking at the Kardashians make you feel bad about yourself? Like, that's just life. At least, like, with money, if it makes you feel bad about yourself, it kind of educates you to be like, oh, well, maybe I want to change my situation and maybe I want to prioritize money more and, like, save more or earn more or whatever. But then what about the people who can't change their situation? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just like, I mean, it, like, cause then that just points to like, there are some social inequalities where yeah. like some people just can't change their money situation. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, it's just what, it's what I said in like, like that first episode of who benefits from us not talking about money, yeah. rich people, like the more we talk about it, the better, the more it's going to like, I don't know, just take that weird shroud of mystery off it and like I don't know I'm not speaking very well tonight no I I I understand what you what you mean um I'll read a quote from the article so that people know Mm -hmm. a little bit more about it um so kind of on that vein so he writes yet the voyeuristic impulse that makes these diaries fun to read can also lead to personal disappointment envy and feelings of hopelessness Although you may enjoy mocking a particularly puerile post or learn valuable lessons from how someone else handles their budget, you can't develop healthy financial habits of your own just by gawking. Hmm. So that was his other point is that like, what do you learn from under, from understanding other people's spending habits? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it does seem like a lot of people treat money diaries as like a sport to, as like a way to pour shit on other people, like the people who write them. Totally. And I did a money diary, which we it's so weird that we've never talked about this. I know. It is so weird. Can, um, can we link it or should we just tell the people to find it themselves? I mean, I don't really, yeah, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> like if you Google Sydney music journalist money diary, it'll come up. 
What year was it? Like 2017? 2016. I yeah. did it again today. And I was like, oh my God, my diet was so unhealthy. <laughs> like I just ate like Mexican five times a week. Which is like the number one. It's so shit. Like the number one complaint in comments is like, this person needs to eat better. And it's like, fuck you. Like they're doing you a favor by like telling them what the whole day is. Like don't shit on what they eat, you know? <laughs> And in the money diary, it's like, I got this free trial for this thing called F45. Oh, like, yes. And I'm like, bitch, your life about to change. <laughs> and my life is about to change for the worst. <laughs> what, from hearing about, about F45? Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, like I was, went and read the comments on my article again today. And I mean, because I like didn't earn much money and was very middle class, like people don't really get up in arms about that like they get up and arms about the ones where people earn heaps of money or like have rich parents or whatever there's nothing like crazy in mine so the comments were like chill but there was like one person who was like uh as if she pays that much rent in sydney like sydney's way more expensive than that and i was like why would i lie about my rent like why would i yeah. bother to lie so like that was kind of frustrating but um so my friend oh our friend Earl mm. Hunt from The Guardian, she did this money diary, not on Refinery29, but on on The Guardian about like, oh, I'm a millennial and I don't own a house. Like I'm going to give my money diary to a, like a finance expert and he's going to look at it and tell me whether like I could buy a house if I just made different choices. And that went up as an article. And I mean, the guy was like, yeah, you could buy a house, but... <laughs> I didn't buy that. Um, but anyway, it like went totally viral and she had all these people like writing letters to the guardian being like, please, like I'm worried about you. Like your spending is out of control and like <laughs> oh going God. fucking crazy at her. And so then she wrote this other article about like what happens when your money diary goes viral and just like what it says about us as a society. Um, and, uh, can I read some quotes from it? Yeah, please. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, this was so good. Yeah. Um, the response was immediate and visceral. I've never experienced anything like it. In a very long typewritten letter, a reader told me that my fecklessness brought shame on my parents and my editor and warned <laughs> that if not addressed, it would cause tension with my future husband and our hypothetical children, culminating potentially in my alcoholism. <laughs> I have not written this in anger, she concluded, but out of serious concern for the way you are wasting your money and your life. Um, and Elle kind of said, like, this is another quote with more to gain from free and frank discussion of personal finance. It's not surprising that women write the majority of money diaries. Mm. The catch is for as long as this taboo exists, they may suffer from personal cost for doing so, especially when a diary goes viral. So it's just like she was saying how in the diary, she got her hair cut and that was like 180 pounds or something. I don't even know how many dollars that is. Sounds like a lot, but, and all these people like, Oh my God, that's so disgusting that you'd spend 180 pounds on a haircut. And she's like, yeah, but that was one of two haircuts I get in a year. Yeah. And like a bunch of dudes probably spend that much money on a new iPhone or tickets to the football. And this is what I did instead. And also like, that's kind of just what grooming costs for a woman. Like, but there's, but also men get their haircut like every four weeks too. So it's like more frequent. Yeah. But I feel like, uh, and this is like not even really about money, but anytime any, like anytime women like, mm, pull back the curtain to like what goes into like being a woman. There's such outrage about it. Like yeah. from like men who are like, you don't have to do that. Like you're vain, you're this, you're that. And it's like, Oh my God, no, we're just trying to survive in this fucked up world that you built. Yeah. Um, totally. So I feel like that, yeah, like that 
just kind of simple misogyny plays into it as well. Like, oh, you dumb little vain women. Like, oh, like, look at you making your stupid choices. I, I just can't believe that that woman said that she turned up an alcoholic because of <laughs> that she spent too much money on a haircut. That's so shocking. <laughs> and I... <laughs> So I was reading the article again today and this article came out like six months ago or something. So, you know, it's like I was reading it with fresh eyes again and it, then it got to this line and it was like, it was like a quote and it was like, um, uh, what did it say? Like, it's just more expensive to be a woman or something. And I was like kind of copying and pasting quotes to send to myself to like potentially read out on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, it is more expensive to be a woman. And I was like, oh wait, <laughs> I said that. Like I gave those quotes to Elle for this article. <laughs> I just totally forgotten about them. It was so long ago. Um, so high five past me. Good Nailed on you. It. Yeah. So um, if you want to read Elle's article, some hot quotes from a pre-frugal podcast, Katie Cunningham in there. Well, mm. um, yeah, we'll link that in the show notes. I, yeah, the comments on those money diaries, I'm specifically thinking of the Refinery29 ones, mm. but like they're really fucked. Mm. But it's kind of like how we work out a bit of class rage or something as well. Yeah. It's like this public, like, it's like a public stoning or something. It like, is like a public stoning. Yeah, when I'm just thinking of that one, that girl who had the allowance from her parents and lived in oh. New York and that went like super viral recently-ish. And just the vitriol that that got is like, I don't know, maybe that is a useful social function for us to, I don't know, just have some outlet for like, like our anger at the injustice of it all. But she's still a human being, you know, she's a and human it's being. not like she, I don't want to be like, she didn't choose that life, but it's through no, no fault of her own. She's just like you or me giving a money diary. It's just that she's a lot more rich than us. And like, I don't, you know, more than anyone, like I'm just like, kill the rich or whatever mm. but i don't think <laughs> i don't think anyone deserves that kind of level of hate yeah no i mean it's anonymous so it's not like people knew who she was i know but it's still like she's it went viral she would know yeah. that it was hers and she would have to be sitting with that and oh, being yeah. like and then there's nothing worse than like people being horrible uh, to you on the internet but, i'm yeah but i don't know it's not it's not about her ultimately even though it's like yeah it is attacking her <laughs> it would be shit for her like that conversation isn't about her. She's just like this figurehead for us to work out all this shit with. Yeah. But it's like, and I swear people always say this in the comments and shit as well. It's like, it's always the rich people's money diaries who go viral. Like no one's ever, like there's plenty of poor people who do money diaries and we just like, you know, it's not like they aren't going viral and outrage by people being like, look at how hard this person is working to like subsist in America. This is awful. Well, no, because then the comments, well, those are the ones where people comment and being like, why are you feeding your kid fast food three times oh a week? Oh my God, totally. And it's yeah. like, fuck off because she, you know she only makes 25 grand a year. And because she's probably working like 50 hours a week yeah. she doesn't have time to cook. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that says a lot of, as well as like maybe we're quicker to judge the rich than deal with the poor i don't know but like <laughs> cut that <laughs> uh oh there was actually one that i read a couple of weeks ago that was like a digital nomad type a digital like social media nomad here we go and she i was surprised it didn't go viral but i saw it posted in a facebook group being like i roll um and she was like traveling in jakarta and she just kept talking about how she was like stinging on like tipping the people in Jakarta oh, and yeah. And 
and like how um so she was vegan and she was just like upset that like the free breakfast that didn't come with her like with the place she was staying wasn't vegan which i like i would fully like if you're vegan and you can't get the food that you want that is like so annoying but it's also like you're in indonesia like sometimes just let it go do you know mm. what i mean like she sounds awful yeah it was like it was really and then like she kept saying all these things like it would be like 10 30 waiting for our flight at the airport we just look at some stupid tourists oh me and my boyfriend are so glad we're not lame tourists like that like acting like she's a traveler and a tourist and i was seriously like oh so that was a case where i was like that's just your personality not that much money that you make that's annoying (laughs) (laughs) but like i don't know maybe people do like i wonder how many of those people who go viral submit them totally cluelessly thinking that they have a normal life and how many want i don't know like want to be assessed and appraised that's like how why did you do it um i did it because i stand refinery 29 in 2016 before it fell the fuck off it was like holy grail of websites i still like refinery 29 yeah i mean it's just not doing that much anymore yeah yeah (laughs) editors of refinery 29 (laughs) if you're listening i'll come work for you to fix it that's the one job i'll take i was gonna be like (laughs) don't burn that bridge you want to write for them (laughs) um yes i don't know i just did it because um i liked the website and i was like yeah cool i'll do that yeah um and it was fun i was like that was my era of recording every dollar I spent in the spreadsheet anyway. Yeah, of so it course. Hard. It was easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Just like really quickly back to that point that we were saying before about how you can't learn anything from gawking at mm. other people. Mm. Like, what do you think about that? Um, I reckon you can learn things from gawking at other people. Isn't that how mm. you learn anything? Like, what do you think that you've learned from someone being financially transparent? Just that you're hard done by or that like you're, you've, you are doing better than you thought? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, again, I don't know if it's like from financial transparency, but just from observing other people, I feel like I learn, like, I don't know. I see if I see how much people spend on clothes or food or whatever and I can compare myself to that it's like okay well compared to that I'm doing okay or like actually maybe I'm like like maybe it's not normal to just like get an uber everywhere you go because you're too lazy (laughs) and running late all the time to get the train like I don't know it's like not to bring everything back to f45 you know you go to f45 jesus christ and you get partnered with another person and if i'm partnered with the girl of my general weight and height i'm always like looking at what weights she's using because if she's using heavier weights than me it's like oh well, actually i should probably use heavier weights then yeah like it's just like a good like i don't know benchmark or something so i feel like yeah looking at people around you and seeing what they do and knowing does help you put I it think, in perspective yeah i think Yeah, I asked that question, but I do think that I've learned a lot. And I think that, like, just in general, humans want to know what's normal. Like, we all Mm. want a benchmark for living. Mm -hmm. It's like how we all do personality tests. Yeah. care about our star Totally. There was this, um, like, series of videos that a friend of mine sent yesterday. Thank you, Brittany. Shout out. She listens. Um, By Glamour. And it's – they, like, surveyed a bunch of women in New York. And they earned – it was all anonymous, but they earned from – 25k to 550k mm-hmm. and they asked him a bunch of questions and then actors read them out um and they they pretty much like the it was just pretty much like asking them questions like 
what luxuries do you want, but you can't really afford right now. And like Mm. how all those answers changed. Mm. And it was just really interesting how like the benchmark of how much I was earning in the person and her answers were really similar to mine as well. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's like financial transparency is useful and helpful when it's people who are kind of at your general like class level, but it's not helpful when you're like reading the Kardashians money diaries. That's obviously not helpful to me because like, that's just not my walk of life. I'm not going to gain any tips from that. It's not going to, that's not going to teach me anything. That's just going to make me feel bad about myself. Yeah. But like reading normal people's money diaries is good. It's just, it's just that the ones that go viral are the outrageous rich ones. Yeah. And you know what? That's the problem with the readers on the website. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I remember in 2016 when anyone would just, everyone would complain about how junkie wrote Taylor Swift articles all the time. And I'm like, you people click on them. That's why we write them. That's why we, that's why it happens. Like yeah. you are the reason it happens. Yeah. Like look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like in summary, I'm really glad that I've been financially transparent on such a public forum. I, you, Katie? Uh, I just thought of one more thing. I what? asked someone their salary at dinner the other night and they were like real weird about it. Oh. I was like, oh, like I thought you we didn't live in my world. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It was just, oh, it was like surprising. Okay, time for money content. What's your money content this week, Josie? Well, I've actually been holding on to this one for a while because I'm obsessed with it mm-hmm. and we haven't recorded in a while. Um, so this was published on Outline, which is my new favorite website. And it's called It's Time to Get Rid of the Lottery by Leah Muncie. Oh, I'm so here for this discussion. Yeah. Oh my God, I have so much to say about the lottery. I yeah. Uh, So basically she writes an article about how the lottery is evil and I didn't even really realize, and this is this, it's true in Australia too. The lotteries are used to fund state services. Really? Yeah. So a lot of lotteries are like, like state government run or they're like not for profit run or they run, some of them are run by like private agencies, but like in America, especially it's like huge. Um, and so she, the article is pretty much talking about how her mother is like really obsessed with the lottery and how she's just addicted to this feeling of like one day, one day Mm. it will happen. Um, and also just about how it's really a predatory kind of system. Mm. So in the article, it says there's a one in 292 million odds of winning the multi-state Powerball jackpot. And you have a greater chance of dying from a falling coconut, which is one in 250 million. Mm. Uh, And she also wrote that Americans spent $71.8 billion on lottery tickets in 2017. The bulk of that revenue generated by um, the poorest Americans. Mm. So according to a 2004 study, the lottery is most aggressively advertised in impoverished communities, Mm. including minority and rural white neighborhoods. And then she writes... The predation of the lottery on the financially insecure leads to what Blalock, who's the researcher, calls the desperation hypothesis. Those in the direst of financial circumstances turn to the lottery as a Hail Mary strategy. It is a source of hope for those in despair, for those who dream of escaping their social class. And so she goes on to say that, like, 
that for a lot of people, winning the lottery is the only way that they will ever envision themselves earning more than six figures. And like, that is just their backup plan for life. And they actually like consider buying a lottery ticket as an investment. They don't see it as like lost money, which like (laughs) I'm not in dire financial circumstances, but I buy tickets to like the Your Town House lottery. Yeah, you're always buying tickets to your <laughs> And I genuinely am like, mm, it's fine, then it's forty five dollars or whatever. Oh I'm my like Jersey. And you're literally like, when I get my Your Town House, whatever it's called, like your house town, what is it? Yeah, it's your town. Which like it helps disadvantaged teens. So that's like a not for profit kind of lottery. Um, but I literally think like it's an investment. And I don't even think of it as wasted money. Oh my God, that's so bad. Yeah. And when I was reading this article, I was like, holy shit. Uh, yeah. And it was really interesting that like in a study, 75% of people who went in the lottery believed that they would win. And 76% believe we're going to just pay, we're going to use their winnings to pay off their debt. So it's mm. not even like these, like all of them had debt to pay off. It's like, yeah. you don't just play the lottery as a game of chance for fun. It's the poorest people that are playing the lottery, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, it's just so interesting. And I, so I Googled to see what the deal was in Australia. And according to lottoland.com.au, did you know that the Sydney Opera House and the Sydney Harbour Bridge were built partially from funds raised from the lotto? I feel so, really conflicted right now. Yeah, so the Sydney Opera House, <laughs> I hope this is like a correct source because I actually didn't like double check it, but whatever. Anyway. Um, the Sydney Opera House got, they like ran out of funding at some point. So they did like this huge big lotto suite and then used like the $100 million they made out of that and finished the construction of the Opera House. God, but don't you feel like if that was like more publicized, it just is such proof of what a scam gambling is like it's literally just used as a revenue raising tactic because the person who wins is a person running the lottery like yeah yeah uh, yeah I I have a lot of feelings about the lottery like I totally understand the thing of it's you're buying yourself a bit of hope when you're in a hopeless Mm. situation and so I don't like judge that but I've had I don't know, like I've been in a couple of situations lately where like friends or like people I know have been like, oh, let's go get a lotto ticket. Like all of us, like let's, who are just like normal middle-class people, not normal middle-class people, just like middle-class people mm. like myself. And I'm like, uh, you know, I just really don't fuck with it. Like, cause I just don't like life isn't a game of chance. Like I just don't believe in like locking your way into situations. It's like, I don't know. I believe in hard work. And I know that's like my, like, <laughs> it's capitalism rotting me from the inside out. But like, I just don't believe in like, like fundamentally in my core, I don't believe in like good luck and like just, yeah, like all oh, that solution is going to fall out of the sky. It's like, no one's going to do it for you to quote Angela Olson, my favorite quote. Like, you yeah. just like, it's pointless like you just got to check you got to make your own luck man oh i sound like fucking donald trump or something you but like- actually do you sound like such a capitalist suit <laughs> but it's like it's uh no i understand what you mean and it's really interesting because i like firmly believe in luck and i've always just been very much like mm, it'll all work out and like i have the same feeling about the way i spend money as well the way like that i sort of figure out my whole life is just like, "Mm, it'll all be okay in the end. 
like with bouts of depression thrown in. (laughs) (laughs) Bouts of depression. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I have this really distinct memory of like when I forget how old I was, but my mum, my sister and I went up the coast to visit a friend of hers and she was like quite a bit older and I I forget her name, but we stayed with her and then, and like we were staying at her house and this lady was like, oh, I'm going to go up the pub and I'm going to play the bingo. And she looked at me and my sister and she was like, hey, you know how we went to Big W today? If I win the bingo tonight, then we'll go on a shopping spree tomorrow. And I remember being like, oh my God, yes. And I was like, out of this world excited. I was like, hell yeah. And I was like running around and I was planning everything that I'm going to get from Big W and like me and my sister. And I just remember the look on my mom's face being like, <laughs> oh God. and obviously she did not win. And yeah. like the next day was just like crushing disappointment. Yeah, don't say that to a kid. <laughs> I know. And I just remember that so clearly as like, yeah, I wonder what that lady's doing now. Katie, what's your money content? Okay, my money content is also old um, because I have a backlog of articles in my pocket, which is an app where you can save articles to read later Mm -hmm. that I just like never get through. And um, today I read this one from a few months ago and it's called Money Dysmorphia, Why I Can't Let Myself Have Nice Things by Mona Chalabi in The Guardian. Oh. It was really good. So basically... She's talking about how, like, even though she has a level of financial security in her life now, she still just, like, can't let herself buy nice things because she feels too guilty about it. Yeah. Um, And, you know, she's like, okay, I'll read some quotes up. Yeah. So... She said, you could call it money dysmorphia. I feel like I do not have money, even though I do. I know objectively that I can go out for lunch, order a $17 burger, and still have plenty of money left over. But still, I'll sit at the table stewing with anxiety over what I might need for what I might need that money for someday. My warped reality comes from my fears about the future. One where I might be back in a dingy bedsit, unable to pay bills, or even worse, relying on a man. I live in worst case scenario mode to protect myself from the financial perils of naivety. I worry that if I let myself accept that I have money now, it will be even more of a shock if poverty does come. Oh, wow. And I was like, like, I feel like a bit like that at the moment with myself. Really? Like not to the, I don't know. There's obviously more factors to it, but like, not that I'm like so financially secure or anything, but I... I was just thinking today how it's like September and I literally haven't bought an item of clothing all year that was new from a shop. Like all I've bought is secondhand things from swap. That's like $20 a pop. And I even like ordered a couple things online recently. Like I told you about them and I just like sent them all back. And then there was this dress that I was looking on a reformation for ages. It was like $280 and it was a nice dress. Right. It was great. What Perfect for me. You. Yeah, fuck. Maybe I should have got it. But um, I just like can't bring myself to spend the money. Like it's like, oh, but it just feels so – it feels too like frivolous or something and like too irresponsible. That's like even though I'm sure I can afford it, I just can't like let myself – like I just can't give myself permission to do that because it feels so – it's not a like necessity. I yeah. I mean, I know it sounds like a weird first world problem to be like, oh, I have all this money and I like won't let myself spend it. But like, I don't know. It's just weird. Well, you're in a precarious situation in a way. Like you don't know, you don't have the guaranteed paycheck that people 
like me have because yeah. I'm in a full-time role. Yeah, I know. I think that's totally – does this writer go into her background? Um, well, she oh, – fuck, she probably does, and now I can't remember what she said. Um, but uh, like she said, oh, you know, like a 400 jacket isn't just like a $400 jacket to me. It's like a jacket that could have cost like – that could have been utilities for a month and weeks worth of groceries for like months and months and months. It's like, I can't see it in like, she says, when I wear that jacket, I feel that excess. It's like a bad decision hanging elegantly on my back. Um, yeah, I don't know. But there's this other quote. She's like, you know, I don't play these mind tricks on anyone except myself. I'm not a stingy person when it comes to other people. If I'm shopping for gifts, price is a distant consideration. I'll pay mm. for an acquaintance's coffee or dinner. And so I realize that the mental acrobatics I do around spending on myself aren't just about needlessly fretting that my bank balance is precariously low. Part of the reason I don't want to buy a $400 jacket is that I just don't think I deserve a $400 jacket. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's really interesting. That is so interesting. Yeah. But like, I feel like you have bought like high ticket items. Do you think it's just the fact that you're freelance? Yeah, maybe. Like she sounds like she just in general mm. is like really scared of mm. like falling into poverty. Yeah. I have that fear of I won't be able to pay rent and I will have to, I don't know, move into a share house or something, which is like, I know it's very privileged. That's like, that's the worst possible outcome for me. I just really hate share houses. Um, <laughs> or like, I don't know. Like yeah, I, you're like I live in fear of sliding backwards because I remember how fucking miserable it was when like I just didn't have enough money and I was stuck in situations I didn't want to be in and it was awful. Totally. Like I never want to go back there again. It's kind of like if I'm playing I'm armchair psychologist. Mm. You're like the difference between that your that reformation dress is like you're spending some of your freedom in order to buy it. Yeah. And you're like is that worth it? Yeah. yeah. Totally. But it's also just like I don't know part of me is like no that's like that's a stupid shallow thing to spend money on or something like bad idiot, like smacking self on face. Like, I don't yeah. know. Like, but I think it's also okay to be like, I've every single item of clothing I've bought this year is from swap. I can have like one, two, three items that mm, are brand new. Mm. And one of them can be $300 mm. because I have the means to do that. God, it just seems like so much money. It's heaps. Of, it's, it's like fucking heaps of money. <laughs> it is just too much money to spend on an item of clothes. I mean, you know what my thoughts on Reformation anyway? Oh, no, I don't. What are they? Well, like all the other dresses you've gotten, they've been like bad quality yeah. and like really short. They're all short. They are all so short. Yeah. I just feel like in general, like if you're going to buy a $300 dress, maybe not Reformation. Yeah. There was this really good tweet about the Reformation dresses. <laughs> A while ago, I can't remember the exact wording, but it like went viral because it was so true. And it was like, oh, like reformation for when you want dresses that are like structurally unsound <laughs> and um, like, I don't know, something. And I was like, they are all structurally unsound. Like they yeah. just never like go in the right places. I never forget like two years ago, you found all of the dresses on AliExpress. Not from reformation. That's realization. Oh. Yeah, different label. Oh, oh, okay. Yes, hot tip. Um, oh, no, ethically dubious. Yeah, <laughs> you can find design knockoffs on the internet. That's all I'll say. You can DM us privately, <laughs> AliExpress. <laughs> um. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it is. Like, yeah, I've definitely seen that in other people as well, and I think it does tend to come from. It's 
people who've known what it is to not have money, whether that's like, you know, like a structural class thing or just like a situation they've been in, in their lives before. It's, it puts that kind of fear in you that you can never really fully relax again. Cause you know how bad it can get. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. What? No, I was going to go and say something, but then I was like, nah, it's over. The moment's gone. Oh, what was it? I was just going to say, like, I relate. I relate to that too. But I feel that way um, less about, I like have that more like she about beyond attitude of like, yeah, money's going to go anyway. Yeah. So might as well just spend it. I mean, I have that, like, I have that attitude in some ways yeah I mean look our relationship to money is complicated it's true for everybody yeah but it was like she said in the article it's like yeah I don't like I wouldn't think about like if it was a birthday dinner for my friend or something I wouldn't be like oh I can't afford this like that wouldn't occur to me it is just like if it's buying something for myself that I don't strictly need I'm like oh you know that just seems a bit indulgent or something yeah Mm -hmm. totally um, should we do money yays and nays? Yeah. Katie, what's your money yay for the week? My money yay is, um, <laughs> I, fuck, I already told you this, but whatever. You're just going to pre- pretend you're hearing it for the first time. So I have been really busy lately and, um, me and Josie had dinner with our friend Amelia Marshall, who was on an episode of this podcast earlier, um, on the weekend. And I was kind of saying how, like, I was just really stressed and I had all this work on and. I'd overcommitted myself, which I do all the fucking time. And she was like, you've got to learn to say no, like you're going to burn out if you don't like slow down a bit and then you're not going to be able to do any work. And she was like, you haven't had any periods since you've gone freelance where you haven't had work. Like, you know, it's going to be fine. Just like learn to say no to things. And someone emailed me asking me to do a job for them this week. And obviously my first response was like, yes, of yeah. course. And then Add it to the pile. Yes, whatever. Like I'm already having a fucking breakdown. Like just what's one more? (laughs) um, Then I, I, they'd said like, what, like how, like how much would you charge for this? I guess. And I said an amount that was like my ideal. I said a thousand dollars, which is like my ideal amount for this particular job. And they were back and they're like, oh, we've only got 400 in the budget. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. Like, yes, I'm just not going to do it because $400 is like, I don't want to sound like a fucking rich person, but like, that's not that much money for like, no, not for for what you do, for how much time it'll take you totally. And I was like, I just know if I say yes to this job, it's just like, uh, it's like just going to be compounding my stress. And then I will probably end up working a weekend. And then that'll be like the second weekend in a row I've worked all weekend. And that's just like, fraying to like never have a day off and I was like it's not worth my like sanity for that little bit of extra money like it's just not worth it I've got plenty of money like I've done a lot of work this week that's like pays me well I don't need that extra four hundred dollars it's not worth it and but like that was the first time pretty much since I've gone freelance that I've turned something down like normally every single thing that's offered to me I'm like yeah the only things I've turned down were like if someone was like, do you want to cover the Iggy Pop show? And I was like, I don't listen to Iggy Pop, so yeah. no. 
Um, this is a, that's a huge money yay yeah. then. Yeah, it is a big money yay. Yeah, because you're like backing yourself, and that probably saved you money saying yeah. no to that in the end. Uh, what? How? <laughs> because if it did, like, if you did, it if it was four hundred dollars. And then you said yes to that. And then later on down the line, someone was like, no, I need this thing. I'll do this thing for a thousand, which is your ideal. Mm. And then you had to say no, cause you had to do that. Totally. You know, like I know. your time is money. I've said this to you before, yeah. but it yeah. is. And also thinking of it as well as like, no, it's not $400. That's $250 after I put away money for tax. Totally. Like that's, it's really not like worth yeah. giving up my weekend for. Yeah. But I still do have like a bit of like guilt over it. Like I'm like, oh you know, I don't know, like uh, I'm a greedy bitch and like maybe I'm like, oh, I want that $400, but I don't know. It's fine. It's a good – Don't <laughs> slap me something. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a good learning curve, I think. Yeah. I think Amelia's right. Yeah. Because she's always right. Yeah. So – And my other friend keeps telling me, <laughs> you've got to stop doing shitty little jobs. And he's right about that. So that's just yeah. another shitty job and then you'll mo- – that you've said, like, that's the first you said no to, and then you can move your yeah. way to better, bigger jobs. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a good thing. Mm-hmm. What's your money nay? My money nay is kind of, um, I don't know. It's a bit like of a weird money yay. Sorry, money nay. Cause it's like all based on a hypothetical situation, but my lease is up in a month mm. and, uh, God, such a long story. I've just had these new neighbors move in upstairs who are like lovely, but I haven't really had anyone living upstairs for like a year and there's no soundproofing in this apartment. And so it's like really Um. annoying having people live above you and like, it just gets really noisy. And like, like last night I just kept getting woken up by them. Like, cause they were like moving in the middle of night, which is another story. But, um, anyway, and so I was just kind of having this, I've been having these, I was like, oh fuck, like, can I live here for another year? If like the noise situation is just going to be really bad, like maybe I need to move out elsewhere. And then I was like, okay, I did a quick search on domain for apartments in Sydney. Obviously it was most depressing shit in the world and I wanted to die immediately. And then I was also kind of like, well, fuck, like it would be really it would be a lot harder for me to get a new apartment now because I'm freelance and like people don't really want to give an apartment to someone who doesn't have a job like and like just proving your income just seems yeah like just a whole other hurdle to jump through and I don't know it was just like sending me into this bit of a spiral of like oh no like I don't want to lose this thing that I feel like I spent so long getting to and then I was just stressing about like fuck if I have to move like I was also like well what if they don't let me renew my lease for this for another year which I don't know why they why that would happen but like you never know like like the last when I moved into this place it cost me five grand moving like moving is so expensive I so I don't want to do it again I don't know so I've just like been in this kind of state of stress about my housing situation I guess oh, which is, and just remembering how bad being in a state of stress about your housing situation is and how like weightless I felt the last couple of years not having to like hate where I live every day of my life I just feel like I don't have a solution for you yeah I mean it's fine like that's I'm hopefully I'm just like catastrophizing and it'll be totally fine it will be yeah, yeah. and like I sent my new neighbor a message today and I was like hey I'm really sorry to be this guy but like just so you know the noise travels really hard, like really badly. Do you mind like 
being mindful of that at night and she was like oh yeah that's really fine i'm really sorry oh, that's so, so it's good. like yeah it's good it's just like maybe they're just like we'll wear socks instead of shoes you yeah know? yeah i think also oh, i don't know it's just the stress of like them moving in and me having like a two-week window in which to decide whether i want to stay yeah or not it's yeah. like if my lease was up in three months it'd be like oh cool well i can have three months to like suss out the situation and then make an informed decision but now it's kind of like i'm making a snap decision either way mm. and like i might be signing myself up for a year of living here when i don't really want to or yeah signing myself up to move on like it turns out it wouldn't have been necessary anyway so it's just like a you know a deeper existential worry and then that brings up all my shit about like oh god like just would be nice if i fucking owned a house wouldn't it and you didn't have to worry about this shit all the time um yeah yeah but as I always say, you choose your choices. <laughs> I chose to go freelance and uh, surprise I have to pay. And it's going really well. And <laughs> yeah, it's fine. I think like, I know it's really expensive, but like there are, there are ways out of everything. Like, yes, you choose your choices, but you yeah. can also like, yeah, yeah you can yeah, change. You yeah. can choose to leave always. Totally. That's really true. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, my other money nay is that I just got like, thousand dollars on my credit card again how i don't know <laughs> just happened i did spend like 200 dollars on skincare this month what skincare um that clinique five-step vitamin c oh yeah well, five step it's like it's like a seven-day thing it's meant to be great for your skin i'm mm-hmm. on day two right now oh, so great. check back in five days you you are glowing oh really yeah. thanks i also bought in a glow beauty powder <laughs> wow. which is such a scam but i was like I'll try anything. Um, and did you take a photo of you like before? I want to see like a before and after of the Inigo beauty powder. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could try, but I just feel like your skin looks different depending on like how good the lighting is. It's like impossible to ever replicate. Also like depending on whether you went on a long walk that day or like, yeah. Or, like how much water I drank eggs. the day before. Yeah. Or, I know. Yeah. Um, and I bought like retinol, which I needed cause that ran out. Oh, and I um, bought a micro gemmervasion facial from laser clinics because it was on sale oh okay that's cool haven't had it yet but you know i'll report back yeah okay please do uh yeah oh yeah what are your many yays and nays well many yay um is that i officially hit four grand in my long-term savings account bitch that's great yeah that's really good so like because of a bunch of like just different expenses and i don't know like i i went to a hens a couple of weekends ago and I've just got like a, like a lot of things going on. Mm. My short term is like 1000, but I'm like pr- proud of myself that like the long-term one that I can't touch, that's the one that's doing really well. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so I'm so happy about that. That's really good. Yeah. It's like six grand until I'm at my goal. Yeah. So I feel like I'm on track. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, my other money. Yay. is like just being thankful for what I have. Um, next. <laughs> what are the nays? No, I just, seriously, I just feel like I just want to make that clear. Like, I feel like I'm very lucky in my life and I've got a lot and I need to keep reminding myself of that. Yeah. 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 You own a house. Yeah. Do you feel guilty when I'm talking about my rental stress? Um, yes, I do. I feel guilty because I never properly rented. I rented like for two, six month stints Mm. for just like fun. Um, I've been renting for 10 years. (laughs) kill me (laughs) (laughs) fucking kill me yeah like I feel like a lot of guilt when people talk about that stuff um but yeah I don't really know what to say (laughs) about that 
I do feel bad. People are going to roast us in the review section of this podcast. <laughs> Why? As someone once said, they're a bit cringy, but they're from Sydney. So I guess that's fine. <laughs> Josie, stop Quit. reading the reviews. <laughs> <laughs> that one was from ages ago and I thought it was really funny. Just so you know, even if you write us a bad review, we're not going to look at it. So we're never going to see. No. So don't, even give, to don't even give them the option of writing a bad review. Only, only positive. We love, we love our listeners, etc. Anyway, so yeah, I just wanted, I'm, that's how I've been approaching money a lot lately that I'm just so thankful that I have it. That's you know? cool. Yeah. What are your so money? Um, my money nay are these shoes that I'm wearing <laughs> because I bought them. <laughs> I always wanted like a nice pair of brogues. I bought them on sale. They're Midas. Yeah. They were like 220 down to like 120 and then there was like a 25% off sale. So I think I got them for like a hundred dollars. Um, and I just don't think they're right, but I wore them. (laughs) So I couldn't take them back Mm. and I'm just stuck with them and I'm really fucking annoyed about it. Um, I mean, they look fine from where I'm sitting. Really? Yeah. But you know, Josie, maybe this is like how you had to go to the bad accountant to like learn your lesson. Like sometimes when you want a thing so badly, you just got to like, test it out to realize that actually it sucks yeah to get I know it out of your system I know and I need to trust my instincts more as well I think that's my lesson in life because I put them on and I was like mm, I don't know and I'm but pr- had you decided you were gonna buy them already so you just did it no so I got them and I put them on oh. and I was like mm, not sure and then the next day I was like why don't I just wear them to work and see and then Juicy. I was like I know I fucking know oh my God. so that's why I'm like ah huge money nay I should have just taken them back because they're not what I wanted but I will yeah I mean I'm guilty of doing this thing where like if I'm saving up for a certain thing for a long time by the time I've saved the amount of money I don't actually like stop and ask myself if I still want the thing it's just like no this is what I've been saving for so therefore I'm gonna buy it yeah it's like this is the goal yeah like I think I've told you this story before when I was in high school and I <laughs> just watched American Beauty <laughs> I was Jesus like, Christ. I was like, I want to film a plastic bag floating in the air. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to save up buy a video camera for my job at Wendy's. And so I saved up a thousand dollars. It takes so long to save a thousand dollars on $5 an hour. Let me tell you. And then it like took me years. And by the time I had the money, like I remember my dad drove me to like Bingley or whatever to buy it. And he was like, do you want this? And I was like, I don't know, but like I just bought it anyway and then I literally never used it. Oh. And it's like it's so sad. And like my dad even gets really sad if I bring it up. <laughs> your, dad, your dad gets sad. It's sad. Like I was dumb. That is the worst. Like those big ticket items that you just like, they held so much hope and you just, no, yeah. you never use them. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about these shoes, but I'm wearing them anyway. <laughs> like I'm just going to wear them. Yeah. It's fine. They're just black shoes, man. I know. It's just like, they're not what I wanted. It's you're fine. having shoe woes. Like, I feel like you never get the right shoes. I never get the right shoes. Can you, can I let, can you help me pick your shoes next Yeah, time? please. Okay. But I didn't, they looked good on the website. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Money, nay. <laughs> also, I realized that I was like, I never treat myself. Oh, I spent $200 on skincare this month. Please just let me state for the record that comes from a place of deep self-loathing. It's not treating myself. <laughs> also like lives in general are full of contradictions yes like this podcast is called frugal forever and we're not frugal people (laughs) as someone many people have pointed out to us before so look say la vie yeah Uh, stay frugal 
Bye. Bye.